What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley with the Sales and Marketing Bill Freedom Show. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Tyler Kemp. Tyler has helped build several national multi-million dollar corporations, is the chairman of board at IntentFlow, national speaker on enterprise growth strategy, sales process, and in-market business, in-market business intelligence, formerly on the marketing advisory board of an $18 billion, that's, yeah, that's a Dr. Evil billion with a B, investor, speaker, and national sales leader, helped hundreds of companies scale growth over the past decade from incubators like Y Combinator, Techstars, and other 500 startups to publicly traded enterprises. Tyler, welcome and happy to have you on, man. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, good to be here. I appreciate it. I know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mouthful to try to introduce <laughs> me, but uh, it's not that complicated. I've helped some people make a lot of money, and that's that's the that's the key. But I'm also just a normal guy. Well, I should have just started with that then. That probably would have been the best way. He's just like uh, you know, he's he's super strong. He's helped people make a lot of money, and so we'll take it from there. Yeah. So, um, so Tyler, I know I kind of rambled through your, your, your intro real quick, but why don't you give everybody your superhero origin story so people know a little bit about who you are and kind of how you got to this point, man? Yeah. Or, uh, man, I don't know if I would be superhero origin, um, but I, I would say that failure has paved the way to success more than anything in my, in my story. You try things, they don't work. I mean, originally I started my first company when I was um, 22. I'm in my 30s now. And uh, I ran that for a few years, really learned what not to do more than anything. Um, Gained a systems mindset, though. Started understanding the value of process and uh, was was a sponge for things. I uh, inevitably went into the lending sector where a single loan officer and I applying some of the positive things that I learned. Um, we were doing 120 million a year in loan volume and growing 20% year over year, which was crazy. And then I started uh, coaching the teams of other top producers in that sector, uh, which then led me to become, uh, again, a member of the marketing advisory board on a $16 billion finance company. We were um, uh, growing and I, left that to join startup space to help startups like homebot uh get i think they were 60 grand a month in mrr when i started with them and uh, we grew them beyond 200 uh, grand a month in mrr in about eight months and then um left that to start what would become a a multi-million dollar enterprise um with lead role which is my uh done-for-you agency that essentially replaces SDRs and uh, guarantees qualified book calls for high-ticket businesses, and then uh, started acquiring businesses and started rolling up uh, companies and building out some amazing technology that and making partnerships. We started partnering with Fortune 500, Fortune 100 uh, government, and uh, inevitably launched what is now IntentFlow 
which uh, was actually a dream 12 years in the making. And we built this identity graph over, over 12 years and we uh, just acquired the largest data set that I'd ever encountered to be, to be transparent with you. Um, we, with, with all this data coming into our hands, we actually had to bring in an AI company that's funded by the NSA to help us process, process through it all and derive insights out of it. And um, we started, uh, we created a way, really the, the only way that I'm aware of, to, to resolve the identity of people searching keywords online. That's what Intemplo does, pay for performance basis. And then um, we started selling to enterprise. So we got clients like Zoom Video and TikTok and others. We've got publicly traded companies in healthcare and insurance. Um, and, and then we decided we want to bring this to everyone. So we, we felt like the power that we had established really could help so many other mid-market companies and enterprise companies that aren't your top, you know, uh, uh, Fortune 10, like not your Google, Facebook, um, Microsoft, right? These other companies that already have all this information, how are they going to compete against the intelligence of these large companies? So that's where we came in. We start democratizing the data to the everyday business and, uh, that brings us here. Awesome, man. Well, a lot to unpack there. So, that we, we, I mean, good thing we got we got some time lock because there's a lot of different things that we could dig into. So, um, but to start, man, you said, you know, it sounds like you, you started in the mortgage space, right? Or the lending space, which that's a hard space to be in. I mean, that's really cutthroat. You're, you're trying to differentiate yourself massively versus what most people view as a commodity or an old school relationship type sale. And slap me, slap me if you think I'm misdescribing it, but my wife no, was- No, no, it's true. Everything you said is true so far. Okay. So, so um, you know, I, and it sounds like you started some companies kind of early in your career and you, you mentor people at the incubator level too. So let's talk about that. I want to talk about that a little bit and I, I want to get in, into, you know, intent flow as well deep because I want to know, I'm just curious, I want to know so much more about it. And I think it, would, it could help a lot of people as well, which is why I have guests like you on the show. So with that, um, you mentioned failure paved the way. So what, what are the steps of failure that you had as a founder or business creator to, to kind of get to those points? And, and what would you say are like the most impactful, valuable lessons you learn that as founders are going on their journey right now that they could really benefit from? Yeah, well, I, I think I'll, I'll try to, to merge failure and also like what to do about it, because that's what, that's what matters. Uh, cause there's some things where you're just like, Oh, that, that sucked for a few <laughs> years. Uh, but then there's other things where we, we tried things and it led to greater things. Um, I, I recall, so everything we've done has been bootstrapped, right? So we don't have outside investors. Um, again, so much of what we are, we are because of amazing partnerships and because we built something that that is truly revolutionary. Um, and so the early, early, early days of failure, I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to do anything. Um, I mean, I had to learn the hard way what would and would not convert, right? I had to learn the hard way that you can't bullshit your way through um, and make stuff up, right? You can't just like... You can't 
you can't just out market something lame and you can't um, pick a niche and then think to yourself, oh, I just, you know, if we only take a sliver of that market, we're going to grow. Like it doesn't work like that. I had to learn the hard way that demand generation is extremely complicated. It can be as easy as people picking up phones and building relationships. But if you want to do things at scale, which is really where we ended up um, hitting our biggest roadblocks is we just we hit scalability roadblocks. Right. We were making money and we were doing fine, but then we could not grow with the margins early on. What, and can I, can I stop you real quick? What, what stage was that at revenue wise? Because I'd, I'd be curious. Uh, like in the in the mid six figure range. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, keep going, man. Uh, I just want people to have some context because I imagine yeah. that's something you went through. A lot of other people are going through the same thing right now. So yeah, exactly. So and then let's fast forward from that years later to when we started lead roll. And lead roll, you know, I built all this stuff. I learned the ins and outs of sales and the ins and outs of demand. I built uh, scalable demand structures, but now. It's like, oh, crap, I've got to do this for myself and stop building everyone else's business, um, except for the fact that my business is building other people's business, right? At LeadRoll, we, we book these appointments and we had solved the SDR puzzle in a really unique way that we call the closer system. And that has six unique elements that must exist and they're internally consistent. So you know, once I figured that out, which didn't happen overnight, the failures with LeadRoll was... What even is it? Because I started it without actually a whole lot of clarity. Um, it was just, you know, I, I had just finished helping the, uh, again, the startup HomeBot grow 4X in eight months and making everyone so much money. And my paycheck just wasn't increasing commiserately. So it's like, you know, it's time. And my wife told me we were, we didn't have a baby yet. We do now. We have a, a beautiful boy. Nice. Um, Congrats, ma'am. Thank you. She, she's like, look, this is the time. We just got married. Um, she had a great job. Like, just go for it, right? And so I jumped in. I didn't even know what I was going to sell. Um, and the third day in, I closed the first deal, and it was a six thousand dollar deal. Um, and it was because people called me from my network. They randomly reached out to me asking if I could do some stuff for them. So I was just doing everything I could. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And then eventually we started doing LinkedIn automation because that was sort of the rage, right? So we, we got into LinkedIn automation and we started doing that as a service, competing with people like Cleverly and those guys, um, and uh, except doing it much, much, much more ethically. And we realized early, like, shoot, people need so much more than this to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then, so I think the hard part there is what you, what the teachable moments are, what your product don't don't underestimate what your product can become and put it into a box. The market has to decide what your product becomes and also effectiveness. Uh, we sort of adopted the philosophy that that we would never deliver something that doesn't work again. We would never try to sell something. And if, if that means we have to raise our prices and just do it the right way, then we will. Right. And that's sort of what we had to do. We we. We've rolled up our, our shirt sleeves and we started getting our hands dirty and figuring out all of the hardest parts of, of this. You know, we, we started hiring a bunch of staff, which had to be managed. And then we, we had to process out every little thing to do it just right. And how are we going to work with 
any any niche under the sun and get them results and be able to do it predictably. So we had to figure that out. Otherwise, um, we would just be in big trouble. And we did. And and over time with intent flow, we believe we believe more than ever in performance models, right? So Intentful has no retainer fee. It's just, if I perform, you pay. If I don't perform, no one pays a dime. It's free. I mean, you, know, you get what you pay for. If we can't do what we say we're going to do, then the companies we work with don't pay. And if our data doesn't outperform, whatever they're doing today, if they're buying leads from ZoomInfo, and, um, uh, which is actually a friend of ours, right? So we're they are publicly traded. They're giant. They're they make a lot more money than we do, to be honest with you. Um, but our tech is uh, far many, many, many years ahead of theirs in terms of uh, what we can accomplish. And so we found that buying firmographic leads, meaning leads with job title and industry and, okay, I'm the executives and a business doing this much revenue in this industry – those have about 97% waste. That was another failure moment we realized is we're like, man, these leads, we have to solve for volume because so many of these people aren't interested in whatever the, our clients are selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, and so we found ourselves in a situation where we had to choose between either having, having data, contact level data, but no behaviors Meaning, I don't know what these people are thinking or what they're doing um, or having behaviors through ads, but no identity, right? Someone clicked and now they're gone and they're gone. And when cookies go away, now what, right? And so then that's why that identity graph makes so much sense and why we started pairing. We started just digging deeper into these problems. And once, once we went down the rabbit hole... I felt like like Neo in the Matrix, where it's like, which pill do you want, dude? Because one of these pills is going to throw you into a tank where you realize that you're actually being bred by robots and you're, you know, you're living in an alternate universe. Like the rabbit hole went deep when we started getting into data, and uh, and yet we were able to figure this out. And now, when we take the data that we have, so much data and behaviors, we combine them. And we enrich that information so we have contacts with behaviors. And once we figured that out, uh, the outbound problem became not really a problem anymore. Okay. So I love that. And I literally just rewatched The Matrix about a month ago with my son. And it was the first time he ever saw it. And he was like, oh, this is cool. And I picked up so many different, like, quotable lines. I was like, oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. Because, like... I'm a massively different person now than I was when right. I watched it. In the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I was in college for Pete's sake, right? You know, so like I am massively different. So love, love, love that movie. And if you haven't watched that movie in like 15, 20 years, like watch it again. Go watch it again, especially if you are trying to run a business, if you are trying to do anything great, there's so many things you could take away from that. So, anyways. Just a, a little plug for the Matrix, not yeah. like they need it or anything like that. And this uh, episode is sponsored by Neo. So. <laughs> yeah, it's sp- sponsored by Neo, right? Um, so, anyways, Matt, let, let's get back to that. So, we 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 got pretty granular quick. So, let me let me zoom out a little bit. So, for everybody listening, so give me an example. Let's say we got we got the SDR problem, right? That you're talking about. Let's apply some 
tangible outcomes to what you're talking about. Uh, situation A, where people do it the current way, and then situation B, where they leverage intent flow. So give me an example so people can contrast in their mind what, what the outcome differential is versus looking at behaviors at the contact level. Right. And perhaps I should even add a little detail because I, I, I jumped into sort of how we got here and treated it like a story without describing what exactly we do. So perhaps I'll say this. Um, at IntentFlow, we figured out how to identify at a contact level the person searching keywords online, right? So if you're looking up, someone looks up IT security, right? Um, or they're looking at, let's just take it into the loan lending scenario again, right? Mm -hmm. Someone looks up rocket mortgage or in the tech industry, let's just say someone's looking up Salesforce versus HubSpot. Right. Perfect. Let's go with that one. That's, that's, gonna that's be way more relevant. Yeah. So Salesforce versus HubSpot. Um, they're going to review sites. They're checking it out. Because of my deep, deep partnerships, so three sides, right? Data Lake, Identity Graph, and um, our Bitstream data. Which So I've got partnerships with four out of the five top um, SS, supply side platforms, SSPs in the nation, which means that I have unfettered access to 73% of internet traffic behaviors in the United States. And we only deal in US data. We don't mess with GDPR. Mm. Um, and my data lake has basically every American in the United States. We got 250 million contacts, 170 million with business records associated with them. LinkedIn profiles, emails, mobile phone numbers, company revenue, everything you would possibly need to make sales and growing all the time. And our identity graph takes these two. It's a glorified spreadsheet in the sky, enriches it so that I have these identities. I take the behavior, I match it, and it's not, it's not hindered by VPNs. Mm -hmm. It's not hindered by cookies. It's completely cookie-less, the process. Okay. Uh, and, and so instead, so here's the tangible, what would someone do? Right now, if they wanted to pay for Salesforce um, versus as a keyword, let's just say, um, that keyword might have a cost per click. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to undershoot it and say that it's $10, probably like $20 or $30. And you can take a few minutes and find out what it actually is. But 10, let's just say it's $10 a click. Actually, you know what? I'm actually, while like, I'm going to live look up the keyword Salesforce. In live, in stream. In stream, we're going to look up the, uh, the keyword Salesforce. All right. So the keyword Salesforce uh, is $23 a click, cost per click. So $23, let's just say it's 20 and make it easy math for me. Um, most companies have to have a, have a, 1% or less conversion rate of a click to an in-market MQL, meaning that they have filled out a form online. They're not quite sales qualified. They're just browsing and you got their information. Right. So if we, if we even increase that, let's just say it's 10%, that's still $200 that that, that Salesforce or someone has to pay to acquire an in-market lead of the person looking up the keyword Salesforce. I will give them the exact same person but instead of charging them $200, I will charge them $2, starting at $2. Enterprise can get it for one. And it's just depending on how much volume they want. And that is, uh, what is that? That's, that is a, uh, is that a 100% uh, 
It's a one, yeah, it's a one one percent of that's, the cost. That's a one hundred percent reduction in cost per MQL, um, and that's at a ten percent conversion rate, right? Of that click. Uh, what we find is even if a keyword costs two dollars or one dollar for a click, it's still dramatically better to use this. And if we don't deliver, they don't pay. They only pay for what they get, $2 a contact. And it has to be valid. It can't be a bad email. If it's a good email, um, then we then we can count it. And uh, and again, we have a performance guarantee. An outperform everything else guarantee means that this data, if you're buying leads from Seamless or Apollo or from Zoom Info or anywhere else, and you use this data for outbound, it will outperform your existing campaigns or you're not held to any long-term contracts, period. If you are using it for, for uh, to run your ads, right? Because pixel targeting is going away. Cookie targeting is going away. You've got to solve for a cookie list. You've got two years at most, and then it's going to hit like a hammer against all of your advertising campaigns. So the way you solve for that is you, you start with this second party data and then um, you target these people. You create lookalike audiences out of these people. And you give Facebook and Instagram and the app platforms the power of intent. And it's cheap. It does not, you, know, you pay $2 for the lead and then you pay pennies to stay in front of them with advertising. You pay $2 for the lead and now you, you've eliminated 97% of waste that you would have had with all your firmographic targeting. And I'll tell you one more thing, most companies, especially the large ones, don't always have as good of an understanding of their target market as they think. The people actu actively searching are not always the people that they think are their perfect client. And they miss the boat and so does everyone else on those, on those clients. So the only way you know for sure if they're qualified is you gotta send them an email, make a phone call. And by the way, we do this for B2B and B2C. So I've got one client, he makes $9 million a year selling vacuum parts to people who, um, who have shown interest in searching vacuum parts online. We supply the data, he runs ads to them, they go to his, his uh, Shopify store, it's done. That's awesome. Hello, and I appreciate you listening to the show today. I love my listeners, and I love helping my customers. One of the things that I've been able to do with some of the customers that I've been working with is, for example, a $6 million SaaS company, help them implement a seven-figure sales system in which they got a one-and-a-half-month ROI on the entire engagement fee that I offered them by one person spending 25% of their time. And this person wasn't even in sales. So these are core principles that help me scale from zero to $30 million in annual recurring revenue with only four people. In addition, another client that I'm working with was able to 10x their licensing fee, their SaaS licensing fee, and they are really, really just on the early side of starting. So if you're interested in learning more, apply through www.scalerevenue.io forward slash apply, www.scalerevenue.io forward slash apply. Look forward to seeing your application. If you are interested in qualify, you'll receive a follow-up note and we can jump on the phone and identify what the opportunity is exactly for you and your organization. Hey, give me an example of like, let's say large B2B SaaS provider, like a, someone who sells to the enterprise. Right. How, how would that kind of work? Let's say larger deal sizes. Well, what if I even, what if I even did, okay, well, so our, our pixel right now is on clickfunnels.com, for example, mm -hmm. right? 
So ClickFunnels, um, th there's two sides to how I can help, right? One, I can tell them who's all looking up uh, lead pages and funnel builder and all the funnel analytics tools out there. And I can also resolve the personal identity of 30 to 50% of the visitors of their website. And so they visit the website. It's no longer an anonymous visit. I give them names. And so you're, here's how a company like that uses this information. You take it and here, this is a little insider information for you. There's their talk on the street is that uh, Facebook and their pixel duration is going to be reduced from 180 days, six months down to only one week. Meaning all the companies like Zappos who who retargets for shoes or you know, any of these e-commerce stores online that, that rely on retargeting, they're going to have seven days to market to that person before they're gone and they, you, they're not a lead. We will now resolve identity. If you have an identity, you have an email or a mobile device ID, you can feed that back into Facebook, create a custom audience, and you can retarget them in perpetuity. No limits in time. So even though ClickFunnels only makes, uh, you know, let's just say their average lifetime value is a couple thousand bucks, um, which it is, um, they and they have all these other products too, right? It's not just uh, the one thing. So oh yeah, they, I'm familiar with ClickFunnels. Yeah, they make so much money on the back end from all their upsells oh, and yeah. downsells <laughs> and stuff. Um, and so they, you know, they've just paid one dollar at their scale for a contact for me and then a couple bucks to advertise and they're making 2000 bucks on the back end, you know, pretty, pretty streamlined. If it's a higher ticket company and they're dealing in um, you know, something, something larger, that's fine too. The only real key is that we, our data is going to help their sales team not waste as much time yeah. on bad leads. Yeah. Like, I love that, man. So I, I love the fact that you could use it for both inbound and outbound. You know, because there's always that debate, like what's better inbound or outbound and different companies have their preferences based on the skill set of the founder, the maturity of their marketing department. You know, some companies have demand gen built out, some don't, right? Some are, are learning it on the fly. And so um, I love how that can hit both sides of the equation and and that they're in market too. And, and on top of it, you make it performance based, which I think is a really interesting model. Um, I believe Twilio does that as well where it's not, not necessarily result-based, but it's usage-based, right? Yeah, it's like a credit system. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people would think, oh, man, well, you know, I can, maybe I can get a, a contact from ZoomInfo for 50 cents plus their $15,000 minimum platform fee or $30,000 or $60,000, depending on what tier you're on, um, plus however many per users, right? Uh but again, that's just for a demographic. You've got to buy 97 of those to get three of them. Yeah. Right? How about, At best. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you. How no, about no. terms like, like I saw you had like Nike and um, TikTok on there. Like how would how would a company like that leverage it? Would it be someone looking up like shoes for Nike? Who wants to obviously get more shoes or gym shoes? Yeah. Or, well, let's think about that, right? So what we will do, so first of all, we have a robust onboarding process where we will hand curate a list of keywords um, as many as we as we can to target we want high volumes we want com competitor we want analysis you know Nike versus um, 
I don't know. I, I don't Puma. buy it. Let's say Puma. Nike versus Puma. Puma. A rematch yeah. with the old black right. shoes. Thank you. Know, I'm like, like you're talking to someone who literally doesn't know shoes. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I have Uggs because I'm weird like that, and I like them in the winter. Um, from Colorado, man. What do you expect, dude? Yeah, exactly. Um, little bouge, bougie. Um, but the we can target who's looking up the competitors too. So mm-hmm. a company like Nike, why wouldn't they want to know number one? Who all is looking up uh, Nike shoes? They should capture all of that. And the reality is most companies are getting at a most around 10% on their own keywords of traffic. Even with Google Ads, I could actually go to Nike right now and I could tell you how much money they're spending on just Google Ads alone on the keywords they're already targeting. And normally it looks something like this. It's something like... A, like a, a minimum uh, 10 to 1 kind of ratio, right? You factor in like a, like a $10 cost per click. And so they might be spending a million dollars a month on, on clicks for only 100,000 clicks. And then of those clicks, maybe 10,000 buy shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they ended up spending a million dollars for 10,000 shoe purchases. Okay, it works out. They make their money. But what if I could just give them a million of the same people? So for a million dollars, instead of getting 10,000, uh, let's just say 100,000 clicks and 10,000 leads, um, I'll give them a million leads. Yeah. Right? In market. And how do they not make money from that? Target those people. Plus, what about the people? Or just say, okay, I'm only going to buy 100,000 leads, $100,000 fine. That's fine. It's the same. It's, it's a better result because those are only a hundred thousand clicks that they're paying a million dollars for. So the math works itself out like, like crazy. It's just never been done before. We're both first and the, the degrees of effectiveness that we have behind us um, because of our, our deep inlays with partners and because of our identity graph, we have, it's like a Tesla in a world of uh, 10 year old Fords with, 200,000 miles on it. Um, and so like, that's what it feels like sometimes. Uh, and they also want to know who's looking at Puma, who's looking up, uh, all these other, you know, who's looking up Zappos. And if they knew that, and if they could reduce their cost per in-market MQL by that much, we've just completely changed the game for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I can see that, man. I mean, it's it sounds really powerful. I love the fact that you got tangible proof to back it up, and you, you're riding a performance based model. So if if you're not out executing, then they don't pay it. Sure. And like that's that's the way I work too. I'm very results based with my clients in terms of how I, I set things up. So absolutely love that. So uh, we're just about up on time. So I want to ask you a few questions and then uh, share with people where they could find you, so they want to know more about you and TenFlow. They could track you down, but, but to start, I guess, so what do you think is, is the number one thing that companies need to focus on to scale their business, grow their business right now, regardless of where they're at in their journey? What, yeah. what advice would you give them? Yeah. Regard, regardless of where you are, you need to, you need to number one, understand how much, what is your average market rate to acquire an in-market MQL? Cause that's going to help you understand how much you uh, you have to pay uh, 
in CAC, what's your cost per acquisition, um, per customer acquisition cost. So if you can, our whole premise here is, if you can reduce your cost to acquire a customer below the average market rate, then you're going to have what you need to gain an indisputable advantage in your space because everyone has the same goal. Take more market share, right? Their market's an ocean and you've got the commercial fishers in there and they've got a lot of inefficiencies. They're picking up barnacles, they're picking up <laughs> dolphins and they're picking up all the stuff that they don't want and they're picking up tuna. Rubber boots. They're picking up right. rubber boots. Like, yeah. Like dead and bodies what, are in there as well. We're, we're, exactly. we're picking up David Jones, <laughs> uh, Titanic pieces. And what you want to be is more like, uh, you know, you've got, if you've got a small boat, well, it's not impossible for you if you've got Jesus aboard and you're like, yo, man, you know, he says, cast your net on the other side, like he did for, for Peter in the, in the biblical story in Matthew. And all of a sudden his nets were full of fish and it's the right kind of fish. And he, the nets were breaking. There were so many because he had a better power. You can work smarter or you can work harder. And really, we want to have that level of leverage where you're saying, okay, I only have so many resources. So if for every one lead that my competitor has to spend $500 to acquire an in-market MQL for, if I could do half that and spend $250, or for every one of theirs, I could acquire 10 leads, or 50, or 100 in-market MQLs for the price that, they have to, that everyone else has to pay for one, that is how you win. And you can do that by just getting, you can either get really clever with your landing pages and, and have higher conversions on all the stuff you do and fine tune it all. Or you can modify the source of your, of your, uh, your outbound and your inbound. Better targeting, better targeting. And by the way, we're building out a platform too. That'll come in time to where we are actually um, doing all kinds of crazy machine learning stuff with data. Uh, but for now, we just supply the, the, the leads themselves. Awesome, man. Well, it was a pleasure to have you out. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you and IntentFlow? Because we're up on time. Yeah. Go to IntentFlow.com. There's free resources there. We will literally do a, if you book a call with our team, we will run the math with you. We will show you what the cost is to acquire a customer objectively in your space. If we can't lower that, um, we'll tell you and we just won't work with you. But if we, uh, if we can help you, we will, we'll, we treat our clients like gold. And by the way, my biggest objection that we get is um, I don't know what to do with the data, right? Eight out of 10 people don't know how to, how to use good data, even if they have it. So we've got a customer success team that acts like growth consultants and they hold their hand. We have 12 month journeys where we say, okay, month one, this is what you have to do. Don't change a thing. Just take the data and replace, replace it in whatever you're doing today. Right. And then we slowly build in time, make it better and better and better. So no one has ever left knowing, not knowing what they should do next. Right. So we have these growth plans that we put in place. We customize them. It's crazy. They can also find me uh, if you're looking for me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash TJ Kemp. Uh, that's me. And you'll see I help with growth and that's that's fine. But really, in template.com, you'll find everything you need. And if you ever are curious about the other agency, you can go to leadroll, L-E-A-D-R-O-L-L dot C-O. Um, all the larger companies, I think Intent Flow is better. If you're really small, you don't know, you don't have a sales team of any kind, Leadroll might be the way to go. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And I will definitely share that. I'll pop that in the show notes. And uh, really appreciate having you on. Appreciate it, Ryan. See you later. 
Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.